and happy Friday and welcome back to the Snakes Cast. I'm David and with me once again are Amy and John. Heyo! Hello! And today we're continuing our discussion on chess variants. We are going to mention a couple of good ones, but also some games that are like chess in aesthetic, but not actually in gameplay or mechanisms. But they may appeal to you if you like chess. So, on with the show. We were discussing after we finished the last episode a couple of things we wanted to mention in this one, and I think uh, one of the things that came up as a yes, we definitely want to talk about this was Lord of the Rings confrontation. Uh, so, why yeah. one of you take it away. Well, we finished off the last episode by talking about uh, Stratego, and we were talking about confusion as well, which are sort of these the same sort of play on a hidden information chess game. And I think confrontation is one of those interesting games that takes a pre-existing strategy game in this case stratego and then dials it up to 11 now um if you don't know lord of the rings confrontation it's a very themey little lord of the rings-esque kind of game where one of you is the fellowship of the ring and one of you is the army of mordor um amy do you know anything about this one yeah, I know that Frodo's in it, and it's adorable. No. Um, no, the, the goal of the game depends on which um, affiliation you're with, right? So uh, if you are the agents of uh, Sauron, then your goal is to get, I think, three of your pieces into uh, the Shire, yeah. um, which is one corner of the board. Um, and if you're in the Fellowship, your goal is to get Frodo into Mordor. Um, one of the things I think is really cool about this, and the... the the first aesthetic twist that you see is that you don't actually play the board. Um, you don't play on the board orthogonally. You play diagonally. So you're in one corner and the other player is in the opposite corner. So what you're saying is the biggest twist that this game makes is just like that marketing ad that Shreddies did about four or five years ago where the square <laughs> Shreddy became the diamond Shreddy. Yes. Um, no longer is chess played on a square board. We're playing on a diamond. Yeah. And you can eat it afterwards, too. <laughs> no, you can't. We no, don't. Do, not, do not eat your Lord of the Rings confrontation. Board. No, I think what, what I'm saying is that when you first see the game, obviously, if you don't know anything about, you know, Lord of the Rings, or if you don't know anything about the game specifically, you'll go, wow, this looks like chess, but now rotated slightly. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's it's similar to what I've learned from uh, you guys talking about Stratego, where uh, each piece you have is one character that you'll know from the books or films. Mm-hmm. Um, each piece has a specific ability um, associated with it. So whenever that that particular character goes into battle, something specific will happen based on where they are on the board, who they're fighting, and who uh, is sharing the same space with them. Um, and so- I think the best part about the characters in that game are that most of them are very thematic. Like, for instance, Boromir (laughs) has zero strength. So that means he's going to die no matter what. But his ability is when he goes into battle, he kills whoever he's with. And it's just like his battle at the end of Fellowship of the Ring. And so he just rushes into battle and they stab each other in the face and they both die. Yeah. It's amazing. It's excellent. And also, um, my favorite is Sam. His strength, I think, is... I don't remember specifically what it is, but it's quite low. But he gets, like, plus four strength if he's in the same space as Frodo. And that's I'm just, here for you, Mr. Frodo. It's so Adorable. I want to hold your hand. Well, if we're doing favorites, I think mine has to be the Balrog, uh, which is a wonderful little piece that completely throws off the Fellowship player, because if you sit him on Karathras, 
Mm-hmm. And the Fellowship tries to use the secret path through Karathras. The piece that goes through it dies. You mm-hmm. shall not pass. Exactly. <laughs> but the thing I love about that is you can put any piece you want on Karathras. And all of a sudden the Fellowship player is going to be really, really cautious about mm-hmm. using that secret path. Because they the Fellowship has quick ways of getting around the board that the armies of Mordor can't use. Yeah. And that's a big one because it ducks you straight through uh, one of the trickier spaces to get past. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that all ties back into what we've already spoken about, how the moment you add uh, hidden information to a chess variant, then the head games of these games just go through the roof. Mm -hmm. And so, just like you were saying with the Balrog in uh, Lord of the Rings Confrontation, or movement of your pieces in Stratego or Confusion, uh, the moment that a piece is hidden to you, you can do so many things to just mess with your opponent. And it can be savage sometimes. And often just quote the movie in funny (laughs) accents as well. That really gets in the opponent's head. Um, Another thing that I like about confrontation as well, um, and I think it almost fills in that empty space that taking away the player's uh, piece information um, it kind of gives you is the the fact that the board has a lot of variation to it as well. Based mm-hmm. on where you are on the board, it is a map of Middle Earth. But there's a bunch of different, you know, notable locations, but those locations interact with each character differently. So if you're in a specific spot on the board, it might mean that you have more access to different areas, or it might mean you're totally blocked off based on who you are. And it's another cool little twist on classic chess, where kind of like we were talking about Kamisato in the last game, or even Onitama, the board dictates certain strategies of the game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the most interesting things that you can do with a game like chess, which is so foundationally abstract. I think the moment that the board itself becomes a part of the game, it's just fascinating. Now, what if we take away the board? Uh, there was another game that we were talking about that put some really cool twists on chess, and that's Hive. Oh, yeah. The cool thing about Hive is that there is no board. Um, You play pieces into the center of the table, but every piece that you play has to connect to other pieces on the table, which adds an extra layer of strategy where you can block an opponent from making a movement by creating kind of a branch of tiles off in one direction. If one of those tiles is removed from that line, then you lose the game. You can't um, separate pieces from the Hive itself. It's cool. It's bugs. The bugs get to I think to climb the word you're up. looking for is it's thematic, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was going around all the bug, it. All the bugs have their own style of movement, kind of like a game of chess where each one's different. But instead of castles on wheels sailing across the <laughs> open countryside, you have, you know, dung beetles that crawl on top of other mm-hmm. bugs or mosquitoes that... When they latch onto another bug, they get their abilities because, you know, you're just going for a ride. Yeah, and the and the, the goal of the game is to basically surround your... Well, it's the goal of the game is to surround your opponent in bugs. It feels like the ending from, like, a creep show short or something. But uh, you just want to surround your, your opponent with, you know, insects. You know, I think we're making this game sound way creepier than it actually is. <laughs> to be totally one. honest, it's, really it's quite nice. a cute game. Yeah. It is. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, that's, I think that one of the things that we've talked about before, and even in the last episode that I was here for, that a, uh, a board game designer's almost like rite of passage is to create a variant on chess and just see what they can do with it. Mm-hmm. And I think when we're, trying to, to, uh, when we're trying to define what a chess variant is, it's almost that if you take it far enough that it is no longer chess, then you can really explore some cool ideas. Well, let's talk about that then, because there are some games that take away from chess something that they use to great effect. 
mm-hmm. but they become something that is just totally not chess anymore, but would really appeal to a chess player. So, mm-hmm. Amy, you were uh, talking about a, one of the newest games that we've actually had recently into the cafe, which is a game called Element. Yeah. Which I've not had a chance to get my hands on, but I love the look of. So yeah, please we don't, do tell. Yeah, we don't have it at Annex either, so I'm very curious. Oh, yeah. it's Aesthetically, if you look at the board, you'll go, oh, okay, so it probably plays like chess. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the first things to note is that it's a two to four player game. Um, and it really shines with a full table. Hmm. So you're. Have you ever seen uh, the Last Airbender? You're basically all Aang. Is that the M Night Shyamalan movie? Yes, yes. I love I, that. Oh, movie. I love that movie. Right. Um, I, I think. Wouldn't it have been great if this game was actually licensed as Avatar: <laughs> The Last Airbender, the M Night Shyamalan movie, the board game? That would have been great. Too many words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The goal of the game is to capture the player on your right. Oh. So. And it, you will lose, obviously, oh. if the player on your left is captured, right? Because the game ends. Um, so there's one winner, everybody else loses. And so you're trying to protect the character or the player on your left while also trying to knock out the player on your right. It's really cool. But that also means you're trying to protect the person who's trying to take you out. Yes. Oh, it's, that's cool. It's it's really, really neat. Um, yeah, so uh, you have, you know, one specific person you're targeting, but then everybody else, if they get captured, then you lose anyway, right? So you're trying... It's it's a really cool dynamic. A couple of the, the themes that we've been talking about with chess, I think Element puts a twist on almost every one of them. The, uh, the board itself doesn't really matter. Each of you starts in one corner of it, and you're basically just operating in kind of a circle, right? Because you're chasing a person while someone else is chasing you. The uh, mechanics... You know, with every uh, piece in chess having a specific movement attached to it. Uh, in this one, there's a lot of randomization in that you are drawing tiles or tokens from a bag, and those tokens represent one of the four different elements. So there's earth, wind, air, and fire. Or sorry, earth, wind, water, and fire. Um, and each of those pieces interacts with each other as well as the the characters on the board in different ways. It's a lot to uh, to kind of memorize and process when you're first picking it up. But, you know, it took Aang, what, five seasons to become the Avatar? It should only take you about ten minutes, so that's not bad. But it, it's cool. Obviously, it's gorgeous. This sounds delightful. Yeah, it, yeah takes it, really a, does. it takes a lot of inspiration from, at least aesthetically, it takes a lot of inspiration from different um, kind of ancient faiths that celebrate uh, different elements. And so I was talking to... Uh, someone about it who said that it has a lot of Gaelic influence or Celtic Hmm. influence um, on the board itself. But in Celtic history, they only recognize three elements. So it it has, um, you can see those kind of, the kind of Gaelic or Celtic influence and then also different like Asian influences with the artwork of the, and the character sculpts themselves. Um, It's just got a lot going on in every aspect, but it is really, really cool. Yeah. I'd like to try that. Now on the note of aesthetics, We were thinking about talking of games that look a lot like chess, but really have nothing to do with them. And I think like there are a lot of abstracts out there that someone looks at and say, I don't like chess. And they throw it back on the wall. Mm -hmm. But like uh, one of my favorites that came out quite some time ago was Tack. And this was a game that was made by an author, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, like it was... it was based on a game that he wrote about in one of his fantasy books. Yeah, it's Patrick Rothfuss uh, wrote a book called The Name of the Wind, and okay. they play Tack in said book. 
and tech is now a board game. Does he have like the rules of the game in in the book? I think he collaborated mm. with a designer. Oh, okay, yeah, based okay, on okay. It, it was. I mean, it was probably something to do with his fan base. Yeah. You know, requesting that it be made into a real game. But he essentially paired up with a designer and went. You know, this could be a real thing mm-hmm. that we do, and then they made it. Now, made to it be really fair, cool. it's. Not really chess. Like, if you looked at it from the outset, you see these abstract wooden pieces on a grid board. You say, okay, it looks like checkers or chess. But at the Mm. end of the day, it's not either one of those things. We take turns taking uh, one of our pieces, play it anywhere you want on the board, and you're just trying to make a straight line. And at the end of the day, that's more like uh, Connect Four, even. Well, it's not as much a straight line as that um, the idea is you're trying to get your... The goal of the game is to be the first player to create a path that crosses a river, right? So you want to have a a path of any adjacent pieces that connect one side of the board to the other. Um, But I think when you do look more deeply at a copy of Tack sitting on a table, you start to realize there are a lot of pieces stacked up on each other, which is a big element in that game. Um, Where the amount of spaces that you can move a turn is the amount of pieces your stack is high. um, Because you drop Mm -hmm. off pieces as you move. Yeah, um, so that actually has more of like a Moncala element to it, Yeah, right? for sure. So on your turn, you either play a piece, if I remember correctly, or you move something that's already on the board. Yeah, you got it. And if one of your pieces is in a stack, you can just move that whole stack, mm-hmm. so long as you're on top of it, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Interesting. So like at the end of the day, you're not capturing each other. Really, the only thing that's common with chess here is the aesthetics, right? Yeah, well, the the grid-shaped board, which even then is uh, totally customizable. You can play that game. um, If you look at the board, it's actually double-sided. You can choose, do you want to play on, like, an ancient dock side? Or do you want to play on this, you know, beautiful uh, gem-encrusted board? Like, it's it's your choice. But um, if you take a look at the way the board is um, drawn out, you can play the game on a 3x3 grid, 4x4, 5x5, or 6x6. Training wheels. Basically, yeah. Yeah, the, the board looks like chess you could mm-hmm. play some kind of version of chess on that board but other than that it really takes it in a new direction yeah. which is cool because when an author comes up with a fake board game and then makes it into a real one then it sounds like chess and ends up not being chess that's pretty neat with that i think that's all we're going to have time for for this week uh thank you amy and thank you john for a wonderful discussion on chess variants oh, You're thank welcome. you thanks for having us tune in next week when we're going to be talking about resource management games you can get in touch with us at podcast at snakesandlattes.com if you'd like to say hello or if you have any comments or questions about the games that we've been talking about or the topics that we have covered. The opinions on the Snakes cast are those of the presenters and the guests and nobody else's. And the Snakes cast is produced by Dax Audio and music is provided by Ben Sound. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Farewell. <laughs> I need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.